following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. You should experience lots of explosions with no body parts. Parents should be ready to cover their ears. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to another installment of Broken Sea Audio Productions, Jake Sampson, Monster Hunter. When we last left our intrepid heroes, they were en route to farthest reaches of Tibet in search of a special flower that they hope will save the life of Jake's former teacher, Professor Edward Dyer. Legend holds that the magical snow lotus grows only near the legendary city of Shambhala, a place whose inhabitants live in perpetual peace and perfect health. But Jake and his companions are not the only seekers for this rare blossom. Does the mystical snow lotus really exist? And if it does, who will get to it first? Sit back now and listen to part two of Jake Sampson and the Roof of the World. Snow lotus flowers. What? Why y'all looking at me like that? Tex, that was brilliant. What was? Your hypothesis about the Shambhalan people. While quite a number of individuals speculate that Shambhalan exists, there seems to be no concrete proof that it's real. It's all hearsay and stories. There are no known pictures of the place, nor of anyone who's actually been inside or met its people. If these notes are right, and we can actually find the Snow Lotus, it could add a whole new degree of credibility towards steering the story from legend towards fact. A sign like the Snow Lotus could potentially change the face of modern medicine forever. All the world's diseases could be cured. Sickness? Infirmity? Holy smoke, Jake! What if it really could make people... on your orders, then. I need not remind you of the importance of this mission to our Fuhrer. Succeed, and you shall be the greatest hero the Fatherland has ever known. A hero unmatched since Siegfried himself. I shall succeed or die, Herr Commandant. If you succeed in finding this lost city and the secrets of its superhuman race, Korpiaga, you... I and the entire Reich need never concern ourselves with the triviality of death. Ever again.
Welcome to Lhasa Nepong, Mr. Samsa, Miss Carter, Mr. Holder. I am Kimpo, abbot of this emissary. Y'all speak English. Tex. Thank you, Your Holiness. How fares my old friend, Professor Jaya? Not well, I'm sorry to say. We have no specific name for it. However, it is affecting his mind. The doctors have claimed he doesn't have much time left. He suffers from Mugochinka. Mugochinka. A burning sensation in his head, Mr. Sampson. The result of contact with dangerous beings from beyond this world. Y'all mean he's possessed? No. But his mind has been touched by one from afar, by a creature from beyond the boundaries of this world. One that comes from a pain beyond our own. 
as a result. The professor's brain has received energy contrary to his own, and is consequently being consumed by it. He mentioned there might be some hope somewhere near here. Gingus Maytal, the Snow Lotus. The Snow Lotus is a very air plant. It is grown only in the fields near Shambhala. That's why we're here, Your Holiness. We need to find Shambhala and retrieve some of those flowers in hopes of making a medicine to cure the professor. Such a quest is not that simple, I am afraid, Misha Sensor. Shambhala cannot be easily found. Even by the natives of this land, it can be reached only by those who possess the necessary clarity of thought and awareness of spirit. And once found, the snow lotus blossoms must be prepared under the correct conditions, or else they lose their special qualities and produce an opposing effect. An excruciating madness followed by a long, agonizing death. Correct. But I know of one such man who can help you. He is a trusted and monk called Long Chang. He can lead you to Shambhala and assist you with the flower garden. Flower's got its own gardener too? Man, I'll put that make some bouquet. Dude, I don't suppose y'all could see clear. Let me have a few of them to give Miss Sadie back at the cafe and cross planks now, would you, your holiness? She just loves pretty flowers. Tex, this isn't a flower shop. I'm afraid that will be quite impossible, Mr. Hodum. The snow just cannot survive outside the high Tibetan altitude. It can only be removed after it has been dried and prepared into a special tea. We would be most grateful for any assistance you and your monks could offer, Your Holiness. Long Sang is presently tending to our garden in anticipation of tomorrow's morning meal. I shall inform him of your need, and you may all begin your journey tomorrow after you have eaten. Thank you, Your Holiness. Guys don't seem to have a lot, but they sure generous with what they do have. Uh, 
hospitality helps them to gain good karma. What karma? Karma is a compilation of all the acts people perform during the different phases of their existence, Tex. Ah, uh, shoot. I don't follow you, Jake. I'm just a simple country boy. I ain't studied all this Eastern philosophy stuff. Can y'all give it to me in more of a nutshell? <laughs> okay, look at it this way. The monks here believe that if they do good deeds throughout their lives, then they will accumulate good karma, and their next lives will be even better still, until they can finally reach the state of nirvana. I don't remember any state of nirvana. Y'all sure they don't mean Nevada? <laughs> no, text. Nirvana is a spiritual state of blissful enlightenment that is free from all earthly worries and suffering. Ah, <laughs> what? <coughs> Like some of my better Saturday nights at Sadie's. Well, I don't know about that. Okay, let me see if I can get this straight. So basically, they want to store up a bunch of cosmic brownie points to help them get a better shake in their uh, next lives. That's a way of looking at it. Well, that's good enough for me then. <laughs> so, uh, how many lives y'all think they get? I don't know. I guess it depends on how quickly they can build up the karma they need to stop getting reincarnated. Actually, think they get born into new bodies? Yes, they do. Shoot. Well, I don't know if I'd want to go through all that. Shoot. After I die, I think I'd just rather head up to the pearly gates and fly me a cloud for the rest of my life. Or <laughs> afterlife. Well, aren't you two a fine pair of philosophers? Shoot. Must be something in the altitude. This air's pretty thin. Any more from our hopefully trusty guide? Well, I think we may be getting one any second now. Good morning, Miss Carter, Mr. Sampson, Mr. Holden. I am Long Sang. I shall be your guide to Shambhala. Nice to meet you. So you've actually been to this place? Not actually inside. However, I have been outside its walls. My first time was as a boy. How did you find it? I was shown the path by my grandfather. It was he who taught me to identify the snow lotus and prepare its leaves for tea. And y'all still remember how to get there? Yes. Excellent. Um, last night, the abbot also mentioned something about the city's guardians. What exactly did he mean by that? While greatly hidden to prying eyes, the city of Shambhala is not completely invisible. There have been a number of individuals who happened upon its gates whose motives were not as honorable as yours. The evil in these people was sensed by the Yeti, a creature who helps to protect the sanctity of those who dwell within. The Yeti? What are Yeti? The Yeti is a large furred creature of fierce bearing who roams the land around Shambhala. He watches over the city, including the field where we will find the snow lotus flowers. Great and terrible is his wrath upon those who seek to plunder the secrets of the city. I have heard tales of this creature. It's said to be a tremendous beast that resembles a cross between a polar bear and a giant gorilla. Oh, great. Dadgum, another one of them high-boring gate critters. If we come bearing no dark motives, the beast will not harm us. I hope you're right. Some boys? Are we ready? Looks like it, Lucy. Save some space for your belongings over here on this yak, you know what I'm My thanks. However, I have all that I need on my person. Aren't y'all gonna get a little cold in that robe and sandals? I assure you, I am quite comfortable. Thank you, Mr. Holden. Then let the quest begin. 
little white flowers will never awaken you Not where the black coach of sorrow has taken you Angels have no thought of ever returning you Would they be angry if I thought of joining you? Gerhard, you are sure we are heading in the proper direction? Yeah, Herr Kapitan. Just between those two mountains and to the rest should be the path that leads to the Lamazeri. Excellent. It is near dusk. We shall make use of their accommodations for the night and continue in the morning. I do not expect it will take long to uncover the location of the city. Herr Kapitan. The city is a sacred place to them. Suppose they do not wish to divulge its position. They will tell us what we wish to know, or we shall quickly assist them on their journeys into the next life. listening to Jake Sampson, Monster Hunter, The Roof of the World, Episode 2, written by Mark Kalita, mixed by Bill Holwig. Starring its night show, Mark Kalita as Jake Sampson, Bill Holwig as Texas Hold'em, Natasha Lathrop as Lucy Carter, David Subkoyak as Hartford, the announcer, Ellie Hirschman, and from the Sonic Society, Shannon Hilchey as Dorothy Dyer. Jack Ward as William Dyer. David Sokoyak's father, Gerald E. Sokoyak, as the Abbot, T.M. Poe. Paul Mannering as Longsang. David Sokoyak's brother, Alan Sokoyak, reprising his role from Gods of War as the Commandant. Brian Bokikio of Seraphic Panoply as Captain Kofiega. With Bruce Busby as Gerhardt. Colin Snow as Sin Fong, and Stephen J. Cohen as Mupo. The music in tonight's episode was supplied by the Artie Shaw Orchestra for the Jake Sampson theme, Helen Kane from 1928 from the Internet Archive, Celestial Aeon. Music also comes from the Internet Archive. And music of the Nazis also comes from the Internet Archive. Thank you again for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. Tune in for the next exciting episode of Jake Sampson, Monster Hunter, only at www.brokensea.com. Journey to a faraway land where swords and sorcery decide the fate of kingdoms. Travel the paths of warriors and wizards as they fulfill a forgotten prophecy, culminating in a furious battle between the forces of darkness and light. The 
The adventures begin in a humble tavern filled with tall tales and dark secrets. Sit thee down and hearken to the saga of the Grog and Griffin. Audio, where fantasy audio is forged. Face me and In conjunction with Westlake Films.